Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Mike take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, the boys are joined by a special guest and count to seven as they walk through the doors of Hill House to discuss the good, the sad, and the downright terrifying experiences of the Crane family. From bent necks to amended family dynamic, a red room to black mold, and a tea party for the ages, we will cover how this unique Netflix original has defined what a family drama horror story could be. So, what's haunting Hill House? Welcome to Showboys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Another week, another episode. Um, really excited about this episode. It's our first episode in October, and um, yeah, so it's it's the first episode of our spooky run. Um, so thank you for tuning in, and just like to remind you real quick before we get started to um, you know like our our Facebook page. Um, check out our YouTube channel and, uh, you know, sub and, um, you know, share as, as much as you can with your friends. Uh, we're also on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify and anchor and, uh, a slew of other platforms. Um, we just, we thank you for tuning in and listening and we just ask that you would, uh, continue and, and let your friends know if you like it. So thank you. And with that, my name is Mike, and I'm joined with, uh, by Nick, as always, and we have a very special guest, an old friend of mine, Jordan. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, it's been a long week, gearing up for vacation, but you got to make the podcast at work. That's right. I love how, you know, this is what a day or two before you leave for vacation and it's our our second night of recording episodes for the podcast because i'm sure you have nothing better to do with your evenings right before you leave for vacation yeah i'm gonna try to drive it straight through tomorrow night um for probably what's going to be a 12-hour drive it shouldn't be shouldn't be too bad um so I've been beating my body up this week by you know staying up till like 1 2 a.m but then also going to bed at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. So I'm going to be all messed up after this. Nice. No schedule, huh? Oh. Yeah. The no schedule schedule. It's the best. Driving long periods of time when your body is all out of whack. It's usually the best way to go. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you going? Uh, New Hampshire. Oh, yes. That's good. Where it will be slightly colder and more folly. I would say very colorful. Or maybe yeah. more colorful than here. Yeah. 
all the leaves, I think I'm I'm fearing they're all just going to turn brown instantly right now because that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> what you got but, against brown? Never mind. We don't need to go there. Um, <laughs> Even browns. Yeah. Hey, you know, two and one, baby. A, yeah. Random one. One more random weather aside before you know we get into. Um, we should start a weather segment. Hey, well, here's the first one. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm downstairs. You know, working. My office is in our basement. And uh, it started raining, but it kind of sounded a lot different than normal rain. But also, as this, was, as this was happening, I'm like, have I ever actually like been in my basement while it was raining? And so like, uh, I walk into our back room, that's kind of like our storage room. And it just sounds like there's water dripping somewhere. So I start to have like a mild panic attack. I'm like, oh, great. We got a leak. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so I'm like looking around with my phone flashlight on, you know, looking at the ceiling and whatnot. And uh, I don't see anything. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. Maybe the rain is just hitting the side of the house, you know, different than this? normal. It was like one in the why, afternoon. Why'd you need a flashlight? You look like, well, it's, I mean, it's a dark? back room in <laughs> our basement blind? and our, our lights not really the best in that room oh, okay you're still in the basement yeah yeah okay so i don't find anything i'm just like all right whatever that sounds weird and then like i'm walking back to my desk which is right next to the staircase to go upstairs and the door to the basement was kind of open and it sounded really weird up you know upstairs on the main floor i was like what the heck is going on so like i go up there and I'm, like looking around you know, wondering if one of our windows is open and it's like raining inside and it's the water hitting the hardwood floor or something. No, nothing's, you know, out of the ordinary. And I just like look outside and it's just like hailing randomly. What? And like, yeah, it was hailing and it was like, it wasn't huge size hail, but like, I don't know, maybe <clears throat> like, I guess it, it's pretty decent size, probably like, the size of a chapstick tube, you know, like in diameter. So I'm like, what the heck? Like I literally just got back from going and picking up some coffee and like it was, it sprinkled for like two minutes of my drive and was like generally sunny when I got home. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, okay, well, well I you guess we're doing picture. this now. Yeah, you sent that picture, and I live all but 10 minutes away, and it was sunny, and I was like, what yeah, are you? Uh, you fell off, fell into another dimension. It's, or it's yeah, just Ohio. The weather sounds like total mystery, but the biggest mystery of the story is what drove you to compare it to the diameter of a chapstick tube? <laughs> Dude's addicted to chapstick. Uh, I mean, like, true, I got- but I, I was literally looking around my computer desk, and there's a tube of chapstick sitting in front of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's, uh, yeah, maybe that's about the right size. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the heck the deal with that was, but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I've been watching too much scary stuff. Maybe I've slipped into another dimension, like Nick said. I don't Everything's know. a mystery. Everything is haunted. Yeah. It is October. It is October. So, um, we kind of, you know, teased our October plans in, uh, you know, our last episode or two, uh, but but we really wanted to lean into 
all, all that October is. And October to me is just a never ending spooky content month. Uh, I really like to, you know, spice things up with shows and movies uh, and really like dive into the horror genre. So <clears throat> with that being said, we decided to uh, invite Jordan along for this episode as he is, um, among other things, in my opinion, a a ghost. No, uh, but a, an aficionado of spooky things. I think that's pretty fair to say, Jordan, or no? Am I completely off base? You hate scary no, things. I, yeah, I hate I, I hate I hate <laughs> this very moment. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it's. I mean, I'm. I was born October sixth. You know what I mean. So it's kind of. It's kind of in my my DNA to you know love the fall and October and everything like that. But even when I was a kid, you know, it. You know, my mom. We would decorate like you know the house and everything for October, and then my birthday would fall on that. So my friends that would come over for my birthday party, it was, you know, just wear a costume. It would be kind of an introductory thing to Halloween. You know. And uh, that kind of just stuck with me, I suppose. Uh, you know, I just you always had a theme for your birthdays. I, I did, you know, and <laughs> um, it's you know, it's it's funny. You know, in the early '90s, like you would have like a lot of people would just dress up as still, even then, as like vampires and ghosts and zombies and everything. You know, every now and then there was some some like superheroes mixed in, or like you know, the girls would be like something cute, like a princess or a bee or something like that. You know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that just like stuck with me, uh, the whole time. And I, you know, I, I started getting into comics. So comics, like characters like, you know, Constantine or Swamp Thing or, um, something, you know, dark and mysterious, like, you know, the shadow from the, uh, you know, from the thirties and the forties, you know, he, he still has, you know, old radio shows like that just stuck with me and just kept me in the, uh, uh, the pop culture slash Halloween mix, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, the The topic we wanted to touch on mainly tonight is uh, a show on Netflix called Haunting of Hill House. And uh, while it's, you know, at this point, what, two years old, I think, came out in, what, 2018 or something? 2018, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was uh, very admittedly... Uh, pretty late to the game on this one as I just watched the entire series, you know, within the last week. <laughs> so we could do this episode. <laughs> you were forced. Um, just... Yeah. <laughs> well, full disclosure. Um, I think I was telling you this last night, Nick, or, or I was talking to Becca about it. I don't remember which, but um, yeah, when the show came out, my sister recommended it to me and I'm sorry if you're listening Brit, but um I doubt you are, but if you are, I apologize. Uh generally <laughs> thank you if you are. Yeah, thank you if you are. And after this comment, still continue to listen. <laughs> but generally yeah, yeah. <laughs> generally, um I'm not usually a fan of the things that she recommends. So And now it's gone. <laughs> yep. Uh thank you for listening, Brit. <laughs> it's nice while you're here. Um, but no, generally I'm not like a huge fan of the things she recommends. So, um, her and her husband were really big on it and, you know, tried to get us to watch it and I just was never interested. And then, uh, over the last year or so, like at work, Nick and, uh, Cody 
talked it up a lot and I still never watched it. And then um, what was it you, Nick, that suggested that we kind of cover this one or I don't remember how it came up. It came up and I watched it and I'm like really mad at myself that it took me this long to actually watch it because it was a great show. Yeah, I think I'm just um, generally very selective on the uh, spooky, scary things I do watch. So if we were going to do that theme for October, it was just the first thing I'm going to blurt out is like, oh, let's do this because it's recently watched. It's really good. And um, I think it's just a good thing to cover and talk about because there's so much in it. Yeah. It's a new season coming out, October 9th. Yeah, the the second, uh, what is it, the Haunting of Bly Manor? Yeah, I believe yeah, same actors, different story, kind of uh, um, um, you know, uh, American Horror Story. Style. Yes, anthology. I love it. I've like inadvertently watched basically nothing but anthologies lately, like the last couple months, and I love it. Really? Yeah, it's such a, a unique. Uh, genre or like you know take on a genre um, or style of show I mean I don't think anthologies are necessarily a genre but um, it's a it's a cool way to tell a story I think in my opinion and it kind of frees up the creatives of whatever the project is to not really be locked into something and also um I feel like, especially anthologies that are season-long anthologies like Hill House is, uh, the 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 creators know exactly how many episodes they have to execute their story. So it kind of trims off a lot of the fluff and unnecessary you know, storylines or characters or you know dumb plots that you know are thrown in to drag things on to fill episode slots to create like the fourth or sixth or seventh season you know um in this case uh, season one was 10 episodes so the the creator knew he had 10 episodes to tell the story that he wanted to do so it, it felt like every scene and every moment and every line of dialogue was really crucial in telling the story that they were trying to get across sure and concise Unlike my long-winded answer about yeah. why I like anthologies. No, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's a, a good point, honestly, too. And, you know, one of the best things about those two is um, they don't go on for seasons after seasons. And like you said, it cuts off a lot of the, the filler. And that filler usually can, you know, ruin characters by the end of the story or just the whole whole story itself, you know, it, it keeps it short to the point and it stands as its own as something you can go back and watch when you want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely lends it, you know, anthologies lend themselves to certain stories. Um, I think more so than others, Um, especially I think scary things because it it would be hard to carry uh, something spooky and scary like haunting of Hill house multiple seasons because you know, what's the cliffhanger they're going to pick. You know, what, wherever they were to stretch that story out, pick a cliffhanger, it just, I think it would lose a lot of its um, flow and what made it good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Haunting of Hill House has a way of, um, 
you know, you never get numb to the the scare factor of it. You know what I mean? So right. Where you're watching a movie like like The Conjuring or something like that or, or something in that in that you yeah, that series and you know the, the nun I was like terrified of the nun in the Conjuring series, but as I keep you know seeing her over and over and over again across different hours of movies, I'm not as scared. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I if I if the nun showed up in front of me, I wouldn't be happy to see her. <laughs> but um, you know, I I developed kind of a little bit of a numbness towards that scare factor. And Haunting of Hill House has so many diverse ways of showing what a ghost is, whether it's through um, you know, the, uh, a guilty memory, a tra- traumatic experience or a dream or a literal ghost in their sense. Um, I just never got numb to it and it always scared me, which is good. Yeah. And I really, I, how do I say this? Uh, the, the way that everything was presented in the show, like almost if you take out the ghosts, like it would just work on it as a drama, right? Like exactly. the, the story and the characters were so strong and their interactions with each other. Like the show wasn't carried by the scares. You're right? absolutely right. It's, it's, so, I mean, when, when I tell someone about it, I say, well, it's, it's a family drama horror show, you know, and that brings in, that brings in people who wouldn't even necessarily watch something that's considered like, like a scary TV show or movie. It the family drama brings just people who who could like hallmark movies into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point because I would say someone could get stuck. It doesn't necessarily like you know scary things. Um, who get stuck watching it because there's so many other interesting things going on in that show. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe people like us who are looking for also that scare factor. It's not overdone. And you're waiting for it because you want it because it's not it's not the only thing that show leans on um, to be good. So when they do happen, they are good and like we're ready for them. Yeah. And I think also um, something that plays into just the overall tension of the show and this the scariness of it is since it's so strong and they don't really lean on the scares so much there are still plenty of scares and like creepy things that happen but like you're you're almost so drawn in and like paying attention to the drama that's happening that like one you're not really ready for the scare because like you're not waiting for it necessarily because what you're seeing on the screen is you know not worthy of really devoting all of your attention to. But then secondly, since, uh, you know, the, the ghosts and the scares and stuff don't take up the majority of the screen time. Well, we'll get to that later, but, um, like you're also in the back of your mind, always anticipating when it's going to come because the scares that they do do are, like really well executed and very effective and very scary. So like you're like, man, this this scene's so intense between like Luke and Nell and you're just like, you know, in that moment, you know, hoping that whatever family drama is going on in that scene, you're like, man, I really hope this works out or whatever. And then all of a sudden like bam, the bent neck lady's there. So you know what I mean? And you're like, oh crap, I wasn't even I I didn't even have time to prepare myself for that. 
yeah, there's different things to focus on um, that are good and interesting. And even if for whatever reason you are not um, necessarily tuned in to maybe the dialogue or the drama that's unfolding, just like the way it's shot and all the detail everywhere else, like you can get lost just looking because you're like something is going on here. Yes, Netflix has has a way of whether it's in like you know uh, Daredevil or um, you know uh, the Defenders. They always do like the the one shot thing, or just you know it's a consistent all the way through the entire scene. And you know the Haunting of Hill House um, when the family's there looking at Nell, you know um, at the funeral home. It's uh, it just it, Mike, you and I were talking about this when you were watching it. Actually, it's it's, it's just the the anxiety it builds up is, is so um, it's, it's crazy. They have a crazy way of doing it. Yeah. Um, also side like random sidebar. Um, I love watching shows with people because like, <laughs> instead of, I, I'm not a big social media guy. So like, not that anyone ca- would care if I was live tweeting something while I was doing it. But like, <laughs> I just like constantly text like, live text people that are also watching the show or have already watched it like as I'm watching it I'm like oh my god I can't believe blah 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 this is happening this is insane you do do that uh, so yeah Jordan was on the receiving end of quite a few of those texts during the wake episode yes <laughs> but yeah that um man there's there's so much there when it comes down to the the like cinematography that you see throughout the entire series but in particular that one cut scene um i think uh I, when i was researching stuff today i came across a video that said that that entire episode was filmed in five takes in five different long one cut takes if that makes sense um but the one that really got me that i was sexing jordan um <clears throat> is i think it's like the the opening like 17 minutes or 15 minutes of that episode just like the the thing that makes those shots so effective is like oh it's they're, they're just so filled with tension and like you have the camera basically like a th- a third person view behind whatever character they're following at the moment and it's just it makes you feel so uneasy because you know that there are other things going on in the scene and and in the you know background or whatever and but like you can't you can't see anything that's going on and it's just like the camera's spinning around you know the character or like when they're all standing in the circle talking and there it's just spinning and then someone walks up to the casket and you're like right on their shoulder and like you can't see the rest of the room but then like the camera spins around and the bent neck lady is like in the very back of the room and everyone's just standing there and then like i don't know those that that first 15 minutes was just so filled with anxiety for me i th- i think that's because it is kind of like simulating the experience of a roller coaster or a um you know something at disneyland where you know you're on this ride and you are immersed in this different place and you you're obviously not in control of the camera so you're trying to take all this in but like it just keeps moving 
it doesn't give you a break. Like there's no fade to the next scene or whatever, like jumping to a different story within the episode. It's just a constant movement and you're just trying to keep up and you're just kind of long for the ride. And, you know, for our Mr. Robot reference, you know, they do a really <laughs> good job in that in their episode where they did that. And that's tons of anxiety as well. So I think that's a common thing with those kind of episodes is that's what they make you feel. Yeah, it's just uh, just chaos. And it just throws you right in the middle as if you're like one of the you know siblings at the wake or whatever. So how do they do those like three, six, like where they just spin the camera, but you never see any camera crew like those shots always like just impress me. It's like it's it's like a person wearing like a, a harness vest with the camera on. So it's like one person operating a camera and they're just they walk in a circle around <laughs> yeah. thing. It's, it's hilarious thinking about it, actually, for some reason. Yeah, the thing the. The other thing during scenes like that in any show is just like th- that I'm thinking of in the back of my head is just like what a dance that shooting that that entire scene had to have been because you think about it, as it pertains to the wake episode in Hill House starts out you walk in the the funerary like you start at the front end of the funeral home and it's the adult sibling standing in a circle the camera like walks around them in a circle and when it gets back to the dad's point of view looking at the kids again it's the siblings but like the children actors and then Mm -hmm. the camera circles around again and it's back to the adult actors so like in the time that the cameraman is walking in the circle like all the adults have to get out of their place the kids have to find their mark sit there and like not act like they're out of breath because they just ran to sit on a bench <laughs> and then by the yeah and then by the time the camera pans back around like they got to switch it all over again and like i think there's uh, a shot in that whole one cut scene where the dad walks down the back hall and then he ends up in the hill house yeah, that was great. And like so in the one of the videos I was watching today, like the set they had to build specially to have that hallway because they had this whole scene in mind from the very start. Ah, which goes back to your original point of the anthology, right? Yeah. Um, you know, atmospheric and that and that and that scene, um the the lightning and the thunder oh, yeah. was just added so much to the tension of, of everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah. that episode was a game changer. Like all the episodes leading up to it were really great and had some really cool things, but like that one, I was just like, okay, things just got real. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my favorite episode in the the whole season. Yeah, and I um, and I think you know because each episode, the way they do the show is really cool in that each episode it focuses on a different part of this story that is by the time you watch the whole series it kind of simultaneously happens if you will because because they focus on you know a bit of like i would say the entire time spent like from whatever the time was when the show starts to the time end isn't entirely that long but they tell so much of the parallel storylines and then each episode kind of breaks off in highlights a different child or character in the story but it's it's still running in 
uh, like sequence with the other ones they just told you and then the ones they're going to tell you. Yeah, I think um, my favorite part leading up to the Wake episode is how each episode, I think, uh, I can't remember the episode number that the Wake episode is, maybe like five, six. six. Yeah. So like the first episode is told from Steve's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you're introduced to the thing and it ends with him finding out that Nellie killed herself. Spoiler alert. By Spoiler the way. alert. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's been out for two years, so. Well, they get it's, to, it's your own fault. But that's the thing, though, is in the first episode, what might seem like a big spoiler, isn't. So, like you know, you know that happens in the first episode, but so much around that event changes by the time they're done telling everyone's point of view. Yeah, but then, like, yeah, exactly. Like the second episode is, uh, I can't remember the order of the characters, but like Theo has an episode, uh, Shirley has an episode, and then Luke has an episode. And then they all kind of come together in like that wake episode, right? And that then makes you wonder because that one video you linked where they're um, the one theory about how each of them are, each of the children are a stage of grief or like grief or whatever, or yeah. a stage of how we deal with death or whatever it might be mm. i wonder if they're in order you know because oh, steve's first order. and steve no, is denial and that's true that's a good point i didn't really they didn't mention that in that in that they just mentioned that they are um in order of age the in that order in the correct order but i wonder if the episodes are also in that order hmm. huh. I bet the writer probably didn't even know it. And he's like, holy heck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they finish editing it and cutting it. And they're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty dope, man. <laughs> I'm going to pretend <laughs> I planned that. Yeah, exactly. Like every hey, great writer, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like of that the best one episode. Things are things you stumble on. It's like that one podcast episode. Yeah, no kidding. Spoiler alert. Um, Time is a circle. Yeah, but hey, you say that, and that's kind of one thing I wanted to talk about uh, that I kind of saw digging up fan theories is like the the whole season is a you know mixture of flashbacks and current day and seeing into the future. I guess you could even say um, one of the theories that I came across is that. <clears throat> time truly is circular in nature in this show and in this world and universe or whatever. And this comes up because of a very small detail that I didn't even pick up when I watched the show, but uh, they point out in um, whatever episode it is that Hugh goes to the uh, police station after the last night at the Hill House. And when he's being questioned about, um, Uh, Olivia's murder or death, suicide, whatever you want to call it. Um, The cop mentioned something about a second body. Mm -hmm. Did either of you guys pick that up when you watch this? Uh, I think he's talking about Abigail. Or is it Abigail? Yeah, but that's what you would think. Except we see in the last episode, Abigail is taken out by the caretaker's. So by the time 
you know, anybody would come back and see Liv laying there like Abigail's gone. Huh. So the theory is the second body that they're talking about is actually Hugh. Old Hugh. Yeah. Old Hugh, yeah. Because he, you know, trades his his life for his children's freedom from the house, right? So like that's kind of super interesting and very like Christopher Nolan like yeah, mind sure. blowing type thing. Like just an error. Yeah, which is probably ninety nine percent likely the case, you know. But it's funny, like we're able to like take like the uh you know the grievance stages and like apply that to it. And then we also like so we, we find things that weren't even there that he, that was intended <laughs> to be there, and then we repair yeah. the um the faults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a, not fanboyism at all, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. We're very critical and analytical <laughs> when we're <laughs> talking about this show for sure. <laughs> the house uh, obviously um, bends time and space and necks also, but um, yeah, <laughs> definitely bends man. time and space. That reveal, though, like for real, I did not see that coming. The bent neck lady uh, being Nelly. So let me ask you this: So, since you just you just watched it, did you mm. when her neck actually broke? Is that when it clicked, or was it when she was going to fall? Yes. No. Well, I, I think it was like it started. The wheels started turning as she like you know puts the rope around her neck, and then I'm like wait a second and then like my brain is too slow in my old age that like by the time <laughs> i made the connections like it was broken <laughs> i was like ah, ah. technically i could say i knew it because i was thinking it like seconds before but your synapses yeah, didn't I fire that quickly that. yeah exactly just booming over here you know so i was watching with my girlfriend and um yeah kelly she was i, I remember when nell was like you know on the ledge like when you realize what it was I, I think I remember this correctly, but I'm pretty sure Kelly like threw her arms up and yelled, she's the bent neck lady. And I was just <laughs> like, Oh my God. <laughs> I had zero. I was, I was, I was so far off. I was just so like intense in the moment, which again, it's the show's amazing enough to do that to you, but I was so focused on what was happening. I'm like, don't jump. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they yeah. do a good job at setting it up to where you aren't overly concerned who the bent neck lady is. Yes or there is so much going on that that isn't the main point. Like it's not a mystery. Like, Oh, who's the bent neck lady? No. I mean, that's just like an antagonist, an antagonist for all, you know, that is just a bad spirit in the house. Yeah, just that has nothing to do with the family. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is from that point on, you know, she almost becomes, um, uh, you know, a protagonist, like a benevolent spirit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She, she tries to, um, you know, keep them away from the house or keep them peaceful, you know, with each other when they're arguing in the car and, and she pops off in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my God, I, I told Mike early on, I was like, this, this show has the biggest um, jump scare I've ever like felt or like, I, I remember my body, like <laughs> I, like, I convulsed <laughs> a little bit. Like what happened? <laughs> I, I like, I didn't like, it's like, I just like went, I, I don't know, like just a quick, like cerebral palsy, like, you know, yeah. Dude, um, okay, so like you know when something really terrible happens and like your your heart just drops into your stomach and you just like feel cold, 
like you just get that like cold chill. Maybe it's just something that happens to me. But like every time I ice cream, that is exactly what happened there. Like I was so scared because <laughs> like <laughs> I just like did not expect that at all. And then all of a sudden, just like Bruh! like okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, can you pause that, Becca? I need to go change my pants. <laughs> I feel like your average person like makes the same exact face that like the dead Nell made coming out from the back seat. Like your eyes just like roll back and your mouth just like <laughs> like drops and like curves. So your jaw comes unhinged. Yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. Um, a lot of those moments are, are with, or that character that the one sister, um, the one with, with the gloves. The, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause she's driving and I feel it. Cause it wasn't, she the one in the morgue when um they saw when she saw her mother down the morgue she was like on the table next to her sister uh, and like she just leaned up off the table and then she turned the light on and it was gone no that, that, that might have been surely yeah. Oh, yeah okay that was surely but you're not sure right. theo was down there at one point when she dropped yeah. her hand on nell yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not going to lie like that whole reveal of of what was so terrifying for theo in that moment was kind of a letdown. Which moment? So like when Theo goes down into the, the morgue, like you're talking about, yeah. she takes her gloves off and for some reason she decides to touch Nell to see if <clears throat> she can, whatever she does, like see into the situation or whatnot. At least that's how I interpreted it, obviously. Um, and she touches her and then she's just like terrified, lets out this horrific screech and like collapses on the ground and she's like crying and screaming. Wasn't well, because she saw nothing though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right. avoid what yeah. a letdown. I was like expecting something like really crazy. And, and I, it I think, literally was nothing. And I'm wondering I mean, like just the way I interpreted that was she was hoping that would she would see, you know, Nell pass on to a, a good life, but seeing the void. She knows there's nothing that she went to, which it's because she's her. She stayed in the house, you know, after mm. death. Uh, it's just how I, how I see it anyway. It's a good explanation. That's what the writer would say. He's like, yeah, I like that. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anything, um, she might've been thinking she was going to get some sort of, you know, answer out of doing that, but she just was led right back to kind of like the horror that her sister is with her spirit. <laughs> <laughs> true yeah um but yeah one one last thing about the reveal of nell being the bent neck lady um admittedly i haven't watched as much horror as i used to in the last you know, handful of years or whatever <clears throat> excuse me uh but i i can't recall a reveal like that where like one of the main characters that you're following along in the movie or show is like the the spooky monster. Uh, yeah, I'm with well, you. I... I mean, it works out because the, you know it's not a linear story, so they're able to show her as Nell as her actual character, and then the way time works in that show, she's also the bent neck lady. You know the the only two the only two um, films I could put close to that is uh, the Sixth Sense, hmm. and probably the others. That's really about it. 
but he, he, he the bent the bent neck lady takes the cake though for sure well i told mike i'm, I'm like that's just it's it's so simple too and so yes so terrifying yeah. it's just like such a scary thought that you're being haunted by yourself <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean what a <laughs> 2020 and, yeah <laughs> Yeah, this this show came out two years too soon, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just there there's just so many layers of like what is scary about this show, and like kind of what you were briefly starting to touch on earlier, Jordan, about the the house, like bending time and stuff, um, and just like the house in general being like the the i don't know harbinger of all this stuff that's happening like another interesting theory that i found is that the black mold that they found in the basement you know is kind of could be a cause of um like how the the family is starting to like see these things and whatnot like it's it's getting in and like poisoning their psyche and like literally poisoning their brain and making them hallucinate and like see all this stuff um but an interesting thing is like as you start to get closer towards the end of the season and things really start to like ramp up like you just you see more mold like all over the house and stuff so it's kind of it's kind of like an interesting uh like tie-in of it like especially when they're in the red room right like it just really the walls just start to get like r- ridiculously covered. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you, either of you guys have any opinions or thoughts on the actual literal house itself? Well, you make me think also something about how that, how the show, you know, evolves you know the early scenes and episodes especially the flashbacks to their childhood they were somewhat they were very bright and more the house seemed happy and more well lit whether they were outside even with the tree house and the different things they were doing were much more positive but then as like the show goes on and you learn more and more about this house the house is slowly having these you know you're seeing more of what the house actually is to like pr- the present day story um you know because they find the mole the there's like the creepy cellar um and these different elements about the house that are slowly becoming more and more scary and i feel like the early episodes did not paint the house in that light no, you're exactly right <clears throat> and um a, a big contributor to that is like what mike said is the red room you know nell describes it as you know, the stomach, it like slowly digests them as they're living there and they're spending time in there, you know, because, you know, Luke saw it as a tree house and Steve saw it as a video game room, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And um, there was a, a library. There was a couple other things. And some of the happiest moments that those kids had were in the red room and without even realizing it. And it's it's a you know, it's, it's very predatory for the house to like keep them in there. And that's like the, the room where it really corrupts them and, and causes the most trauma to them without them even knowing it, you know? And then the night that, you know, Olivia goes mad, um, 
you know, Hugh gets the kids out of there and the house wasn't able to finish digesting the kids, you know, or the family itself. So they leave with these, you know, the horrible, horrible trauma, not just from their mom, you know, being killed in that house, but the things that the house was doing to them with it, that they don't realize as they get older, which leads them to, you know, the, um, like Theo was just trying to, uh, cope by doing like meaningless sex and, um, you know, Luke's drugs and, you know, whether it's depression or, um, you know, uh, you know, Steve trying to just pretend it never happened denial, you know? Yeah. Um, an interesting thing is Hugh doesn't have a place of solace like like the rest of the characters do in the house in, in regards right. to their their version of the red room. I wonder why that is. I mean, obviously it's intentional. So like, I, I just wonder why he didn't. And yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any like theories maybe so, I mean, yeah. he, oh, good. no i was gonna say he's definitely the kind of like the objective character when it comes to the red room because he's just like yeah we don't have the key it's a room we can't get into and he kind of just ignores it the rest of them become infatuated with it like it's calling them in there right right and he's it, he doesn't seem to be faced by it so that's a good point mike not that i can think of and, you know, it's interesting. Not only and do you do you see not only do you see it a lot in in films or um, you know movies or, or TV shows, but um, even real life stories. You know that have uh, when places are haunted. You know the 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 kids are usually the first um, you know being affected by the haunting, and the mother um, you know secondly becomes haunted by it because her first instinct is to believe the kids where the father's looking at everything objectively trying to, I mean, like if my kids come at me and they're like, Hey, you know, dad, there's, there's definitely a demon under my bed. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, no, there's not. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, like, like I mean, I, I mean that like, it's funny, but like, it's, it's kind of how it is, you know, like I, I think that the, the father's like usually the last to believe out of the situation, not to throw everyone in the same bucket there, but that's just kind of, whether it's in a story, you know, or real life, it kind of how it's how it usually played. It's how it played out for us, anyway. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're you're just legitimately pissed that there's mold in the walls. Like, exactly. Yeah, you that's, your, that's your main concern. Like, okay, I get it. There's a demon, whatever, bothering you at night, but like, there is freaking mold in the goddamn <laughs> yes. house. I got my own demons too, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just going to say like, like, you know, hail breaking through the window, but their house literally has the storm break the windows in the one episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It is interesting. And I don't think I have a theory as to why he doesn't have uh, his version of the red room unless like the house is his red room, you know? Um, yeah. But I will say to your or point, wife, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but to your point, though, about uh, you know, men and fathers or, you know, whatever you want to go with, uh, like his whole attitude towards all the dysfunction or anything that any problems that are, arose with the physical house itself, like 
I, you could almost play like a drinking game to every time Hugh says, oh, I'll, I'll fix it. I can fix that. I'll fix that. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Like he says that so many times. Uh, so I don't know if maybe like that plays into like kind of that has just brushing things off and just be like, oh, whatever. It's, it's something I can fix. Like, don't worry about it. Type, I don't know. I it's think that has something to do with it for sure. I'm not exactly sure what, but that's a really good point. Um, Cause even after, you know, he tried to fix it by getting all the kids out of the house um, and trying to go back and save his wife. And then his whole life, he spends trying to keep them away from it, whatever that meant. So he is just kind of the objective person that's just trying to fix whatever it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting for sure. Um but yeah, um Oh man. Whatever I was going to say just totally like left my brain. <laughs> you have mold in your basement? Yeah, oh no. No. Imagine, no. Can you imagine Hugh like seeing Mr. Hill floating down the hallway like super tall, like slamming his cane on the on the floor and he's just like I can't fix that. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this right <laughs> yeah. now. Oh my gosh. Okay, so first off, um big tall spooky guy. Bolt bowler hat man. Yeah. That that was just absolutely jarring to me. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> like I just don't I I don't normally see like thirteen foot ghosts, you know? Just they're just that's another scene where you know like like young luke is looking at him right he's like looking at him with his head up so like he's like making sure his glasses aren't creating something crazy you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it's funny because like i feel like i was making the same face that young luke was i like i had my like head up like ah what is that yeah why is he like a billion feet tall and yeah um the another sidebar the children actors and actresses so adorable like the the two that played luke and nelly young nelly and young luke uh, it makes uh, it oh that gosh. much more sad right because of how <laughs> yeah. they feel like such yeah a kid. his oh life is gonna be destroyed <laughs> yeah oh man um but yeah like oh there it goes again the mold getting my brain um but yeah the the ghosts were definitely uh yeah creepy and unsettling and one thing that i didn't notice until we went and hung out jordan and he told me about like just the ghosts hiding in most of the scenes just chilling in the background yeah like i totally didn't realize that except for like the very obvious ones which really i'm just referring to the one or two that happened in the wake episode of nell just like being in the back (laughs) oh yes um but after you mentioned that, like the last couple episodes, I was like, "Oh, yeah, there's one right there. That's creepy." <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, they're they're just littered through it throughout the whole series. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh man, the one in particular that I'm thinking of that was just really unsettling was, um, I think it was, uh, they were in the kitchen at some point and they were like making lunch or something. And there was just like a lady like standing in the glass, like right behind the table. And I was like, Oh, that's creepy. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's, I I remember after 
after we, after uh, my girlfriend and I watched the first season, um, you know, I, I was like, I got to look this, look this up. And I looked it up and it says that there's so many ghosts hidden in the background. I'm like I knew it, you know, yeah. and I remember I, I looked it up on YouTube. It was the middle of the day. <laughs> I'm looking it up on YouTube and um, I'm going like watching it and like, I'm like looking behind me, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of like a, a, something's creeping me out. I don't know what it is. You know, it's just, they do such a good job with it. Yeah. Uh, another fun fact about my office here. Um, my, my computer desk used to be uh, against the wall that faces the staircase. So that also like faces the open entry to this part of my basement. Um, but when uh, our work office decided to go like completely remote and I had to bring all my work stuff back, I had to get a little bit bigger of a computer desk to fit everything on. Uh, and I had to switch walls that my desk faces. Dude, so now my that. back, my back is against the staircase no. and against the open part of, you know, no. how you get into this part of the, the basement. So like even just talking about th this creepy stuff, like I kind of am Hell turning no. my chair, like kind of <laughs> so I can see <laughs> behind me and like what might be coming behind me. <laughs> never. I would never do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun when you're talking about scary stuff. I have to basement. see the door yeah. in whatever room. Like, if, if wherever I put my desk, whatever room that is, I have to be able to see the door. Yeah. Yeah, me me too, usually. And this has been just terrifying. I'm just going to come over one day unannounced. <laughs> well, around. also, the, another funny aside about my house and family is like... uh. For whatever reason, my oldest daughter, who is five, who uh, she she is like the sneakiest person that I've like ever met in my life. And for some reason, she just loves to sneak up on Becca and I. And like. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, basically, what I'm saying is if I like turn my chair around and Peyton was standing right behind me, <laughs> like trying to ask me a question or something. But like she just. <laughs> intentionally like i don't know why she thinks that like she has to sneak up but like she just does and then she'll just like pop up and be like hey what's up and i'm like oh my god what are you doing holy crap i've done the same thing my whole life yeah I don't it's know. just the way we move <laughs> she's so sneaky. you don't need to see me coming you, just, <laughs> you seem to see me when you when you see me when i present myself right yeah. at your shoulder hey <laughs> Yeah. yeah dude it's the worst in the morning when i'm like helping her get ready for school or whatever because i'm like half asleep and like i'll go and like open her door have her get up and then i'll go like start the coffee or whatever and like turn around and she's standing right behind me in the kitchen i'm like i didn't even hear you go down the stairs like you're, you're trying you're to give me a heart attack you're half awake and meanwhile she's like at a hundred percent she's five years old and yeah. <laughs> is both nimble and nimble yeah. quiet and high and already firing on all cylinders yeah exactly it's a never a dull moment over here that's for sure um but yeah man i don't know i'm i i was to to kind of like sum up my feelings on hill house because the mold has completely affected my brain and i lost my train of thought of where i wanted to go uh so maybe it'll come back but um 
to sum up my thoughts on Hill House is like I went into the show expecting your typical um, horror experience, which usually involves a average to below average story and performance just littered with either, you know, cheesy uh, over the top jump scares or like, you know, if it's not a ghost story, just filled with gore you know, to the brim to, to shock you or, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised and given a very, very well thought out and in-depth story about a family and how they dealt with trauma and, you know, the alleged reconciliation that happens at the end. Uh, along with some very terrifying scares and being completely unsettled and anxiety filled while watching like every episode. What, what, what were your guys' kind of overall opinions and thoughts? You know, for it's for me, I think it's obviously everything you just said, you know, hits the nail on the head um so it's i guess i'll more so add on uh so that's definitely how i feel i agree with you um but furthermore for for me it's kind of become like a um an october a staple for october you know like some people of course they have to watch you know john carpenter's first halloween and you know for me it's like i'm watching the whole series of haunting of hill house you know it's like it was released in october 2018 and it was it's just, it's just that good. You know, I, I always revisit it and, um, it, uh, you know, like if, if you have experienced paranormal stuff in your life, it kind of like hits some extra, like, um, you know, I guess soft spots for you, you know, when, when you watch it, because it's just like, like, ah, oh, it's, that's just, uh, you know, when this stuff happens to you when, when you're a kid, it just stays with you. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean, but I would love to hear you explain what you mean. Because uh, I know, being your friend, um, <clears throat> that you've you've experienced some some paranormal things, uh, especially like you were just saying, you know, in your childhood. Uh, but yeah, like you don't have to really go into details or you know talk about it if you don't want to. Uh, but if you do. Uh, you know, I think it would be uh, interesting to to hear, you know, maybe some of the things that you have experienced and how watching a show like this that is so, um, you know, centered around children experiencing, you know, a haunting in a house, you know, and kind of the effect it had on their lives. Well, uh, so it's it's funny you know kelly kelly even told me she's like you know if they they ask you about you know what happened to you in a kid when you were a kid don't go don't go overboard you know because you can get to some stories where you're like this guy's this guy's insane <laughs> you know um but it's um, well the good news is i already think that so right that's i was, <laughs> I was gonna say something like that um you know nick is uh he may not have that impression yet um <laughs> no I, honestly like it's it's just um, a lot of things happen from, you know, cliche things to just like, 
holy wow type of things, you know, um, you could, we could go into a whole, you know, episode just on those stories, you know, but, um, I'll just do a really, I'll, I'll tell you a really, really simple one. Um, and it was something that we know that, that we, that we all, um, realized years after, cause you know, every now and then we sit down and we talk about the stories that happened to us when we were kids, you know, but, uh, there was, it's probably, uh, close to eight years after we, we moved out of, out of the house that we grew up in. Um, but I remember, um, always sitting up in my mom's, my mom and dad's bedroom and, uh, in the early nineties, I was a little kid, you know, um, watching Snick, you know, you remember Snick, right? Nick, you remember mm. Snick too, right? No, I actually don't. Are you, are you serious? All I that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, the great classic. Oh, they're amazing, amazing. So anyway, I would I would sit on the bed and I would be watching you know TV, and to my left there was a hallway that led down towards our parents' bathroom. Now on the right it was that led out to the hallway, but while you're sitting there and you're watching the TV, I'm telling you every it would happen probably like four to five times every night I was sitting there doing this. I would see a, a lady just standing in the hallway, you know, and not like just in the corner of your eye, like in your peripheral vision, but not like way to the corner, you know, like you could be staring at a TV and you say to yourself, okay, there she is. But the second you look over at her, she's gone. You know, hmm. um, that, that happened to me my entire childhood. Throughout that that, that 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 whole, I, I watched Snick religiously, so it happened to me every single weekend. When I would do that, and years later, like I was saying, we were kind of sharing some of the crazier stories that happened to us when we were kids. And I brought up that story uh, for some reason. It's the first time I brought up that particular story, and then my two brothers looked at me and they said that happened to me too when I would sit there and watch TV. And my mom was said the same thing. And so it, it was, that was like a, it was, it was a weird realization. You know, we all knew all the, um, you know, absurd things that happened in the house and what we saw, but that particular one was like, just like a little bit of like a, like a, a, a new realization that we all were able to come to together. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, not going to lie. So my, my desk story my anxiety just like went through the roof like having my back <laughs> towards the stairs of the rest of my basement <laughs> it's, it's the um <laughs> not my comfort level <laughs> i i can just picture you like just dragging the desk in the middle of that story everything's just falling off and you're just repositioning yeah, everything i'm trying to yeah just trying rationally to around <laughs> um and, and, you know so whenever i like repeat that story to people i i always say like you know, so if you think you see somebody, you probably do, you know? Yeah. Uh, did it, uh, I mean, I very, like, vaguely know your brothers and your mom. Um, but, like, to my knowledge and my very limited <laughs> understanding of your family, uh, I don't think any of you, you know, became, like, heroin addicts. No, <laughs> or uh, funeral home, you know, I, directors. <laughs> uh, no, 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 bent neck, bent neck boys, or no. anything. No, okay. sounds like a new group. <laughs> That's true. That's a pretty dope band name. I'll save that. Uh, um, no, no, it was but no, like nothing like that. No, 
no, so it, it didn't really have the same you know effects as it did on the 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 crane family. No, no, nothing as uh, crazy dramatic as that. I, I will say there are, um, I think I think I told you this before. I think if if I had to relate anything, it's a, a weird sense of denial because, you know. When I was a kid, and I would repeat some of the stories, like as they happened, you know, I was in elementary school when this was when these things were, were I was surrounded by these things, and when elementary school all the way into middle school, I used to talk to my friends like, you know, everyone's got a ghost in their house, right? Like it's a normal thing, right? And then it was around like it was probably around sixth or seventh grade where I was looking around like, wait a minute, this this isn't normal, you know? Like I I don't. I started realizing like, this doesn't make any sense, you know, but uh, obviously it didn't make it stop um, throughout, you know, the course of life, but um, you get, you get to a certain point and um, that you, you remember Jordan Bukar, obviously mm-hmm. um, I, we, I was, I went Shout to out Jordan Bukar. What's up, bro. <laughs> I hope you're listening, but you're probably not, but if you are, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he just turned it off. Yeah. I was yeah. Um, I remember listener retention is great here. (laughs) Uh, I remember, you know, like going to, um, like, uh, it was around this time of year, obviously we were going to a bonfire and, you know, I told Jordan some of these stories and he just like, you know, he was blown away by them. And I I never really go around like trying to tell too many people about the stuff. Like if they ask for it, they, they hear about it, you know? Um, but I remember he's like, he's like, tell everyone your stories, tell everyone your stories. And there's like 10 people there, you know? And that's by the, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, okay, whatever, you know? So I just jump into it. And after like, you know, the first story I told them, they wanted to hear a little bit more. And then the, the second story, you know, the crowd started thinning a little bit, you know what I mean? And <laughs> the funniest thing about it is by the, you know, like, when you tell these stories to people, um, you know, majority of people think you're crazy. When I hear people tell stories about this, I, th- I think they're crazy too. Right. And so I'm, I'm kind of like in that, like denial area too, like a skeptic kind of mm-hmm. like, I guess the way, you know, Steve was in, in the show. Um, I'll try to find a logical reason, um, which I told you makes me feel like a hypocrite sometimes. Cause I'll share like my story with somebody and they share one back to me. I'm like, you're probably lying. <laughs> um but uh you know it's uh you know but going back to the bonfire thing by the time you get to like you know a few stories in you have like one or two people that are left like staring at you and they're listening intently and then you find out that they thought they were crazy through their stories you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and that's that's where you where you where you like you really make that connection with people and you can um you know give them advice or whatever, you know, whatever, every, everything, every story is different, you know, but um, that's really that point where you, um, you you just really connect to people that really want to listen or or know what's happening. Right. Um, I've never uh, had anything happen to me, sadly, or maybe gladly. Um, uh, Nick, have, have you ever had any weird experiences and you don't have to, elaborate or really answer if you don't want to but since we're all talking about it figure uh yeah be interesting to hear i I always feel like um maybe i'm 
the like third person to any of these experiences? Because I know tons of people that, ha- you know, they have stories or they have the experiences in fair uh, close proximity to me, but I don't observe them. Um, I mean, I have a friend of mine, his parents' house, you know, they had like a finished basement and it was pretty long because it's like a ranch style house. Bro, you're not helping my anxiety levels right now. (laughs) His name's Mike. (laughs) Yeah. No, my my friend's (laughs) name. Um, And, you know, at the far end of the basement by the stairs, Mike, um, there's like a like a boiler room or whatever where the hot water tank is. But um there I think there was a door on it or there isn't a door on it, but it was always open and it's just a dark it's just a dark void. And they swear like there is a dude spirit thing that was in there um from time to time. I never encountered it, but I had slept over there from time to time. So you, I would glance over there and be like, I, I could see that. I mean I don't discount that because that is just a perfect spot for something creepy like that. Yeah. And um, when I was younger, I, I probably, I probably watched some scary stuff maybe at too young age, but that's fine. Um, but when I would be home alone, maybe like um, I would just imagine like seeing these scary things like right outside the window. Cause for hmm. some reason that was appealing, <laughs> Yeah, but it would also freak the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> at the same time, maybe that's just how for the the scare factor. Um, yeah, but yeah so it's... nothing direct for where I could say, you know, I have a story. Um, I would say the scariest thing that ever happened to me is is like just a a dream that I had that was like seemed more real than life, but uh, for. <laughs> For whatever reason, I have no idea how I watched this movie at such a young age. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I lived in Florida at the time, so I was scary place. I was younger than I was, you know, between the ages of like six and nine, right? Because we moved up here to Ohio when I was ten. <clears throat> Excuse me. For some reason, I saw a movie let me just google the name real quick make sure i don't mess it up yes okay so either i watched this uh it's called fire in the sky which i don't aliens yeah uh have either of you guys seen this movie i sure have and it ruined my childhood too (laughs) yeah okay so (laughs) all right good i'm not the only one nick if you haven't seen this movie you should it's absolutely terrifying um, but it came out in 1993, apparently. So either I watched it, you know, probably like, obviously I didn't go see this in theater, uh, because in 1993 I was six years old. Um, so I must've seen it on TV, like in 94 or 95 or something like that. <clears throat> but then I went to go stay the night at a friend's house or something. And I had like the most horrific dream of like being in the same like ship and abduction scenario as the, as what happens in that movie. And like, I was tripping, like (laughs) I lost it. My parents had to come pick me up. It was like, you know, middle of the morning, late at night, whatever. Um, But it it just, if (laughs) it felt so real, but it was like, 
straight up like ripped right out of that movie. And yeah, so I've basically been scarred ever since. And whenever I hear or see anything about this movie, I just like twitch a little bit because I'm like, uh. I have to tell you. Um, so <laughs> I did see that movie in the theater when um, in the early 90s. And um, my mom took us um, and my uncle Chuck took us, as you know. <laughs> yes, uh, and Noah, Noah, Noah was with us. And okay. Noah and I both, I, I'm pretty sure Noah had the, uh, or maybe. Maybe he didn't have a nightmare, but I kid you not, I had a nightmare very similar to yours, and it was on the ship, and the part that really brought it out of me is when he like kind of goes into the one alien bunk bed, and there's like a half-ripped-apart human on it, hmm. and that stuck with me through my dream, and so I had a very similar terrifying <laughs> dream. The The part that sticks out the most to me is like, I don't even remember, like, my actual recollection of the movie itself is very hazy probably because i was like so traumatized that i like blocked it out or whatever uh so i don't know if this was an actual scene in the movie or if like i just made it up in my dream or if i was actually abducted by aliens uh but (laughs) uh is there like a part of him like being rushed down a corridor or something in like a stretcher type thing where he's laying on something yes Okay, good. So I didn't get abducted. That's a huge sigh of relief. Uh, but yeah, that was like me and uh, like being rushed down whatever corridor or hallway laying on something with just like aliens just rushing me down this hallway. And I <laughs> lost it. <laughs> you ever had surgery before? Huh? Have you ever had surgery, like a major surgery before? Uh, No. I so when uh, when they're taking you down, that that part always comes back to me. Like I, I've had a couple of surgeries in my life, and you're laying on like you know the bed, and you have like three or four you know nurses and the doctor above you, you know, just walking down, pushing you into the surgical room. <laughs> and I kid you not, I always think of that particular scene in that particular movie, and it never does you any favors. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's a great way to go under. It's horrible, dude. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> Oh, geez, that's terrifying. Um, but yeah, like, I could see how um, having experienced something similar to some of the things that happened in Hill House and then watching the show might be, like, just another layer to connect you into the story and, like, make it stick out and, you know, something that, like, is dear to you, I guess. No, for sure. And it, it's, you know, like, like the, the house we grew up in, it has its own mysteries in it too. You know, like, like I said, we could, we could go on like, like a whole other show for, for that if we wanted to, but like, um, you know, like when you have like, you know, your own stories that relate to anything, like you could have had like a, you know, horrible car accident while you're in, you know what I mean? Like just anything, mm-hmm. there's always a worse story, a bigger fish, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, when you see things happen, like like in stories like that, you can you look back and you're just like, man, it's you know, thankful for how simple it was. As crazy as it was, it was just so simple, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that you know, like you know, spiritual warfare level stuff that you know you you feel like was involved with it too. But like it's it's not like, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you my childhood house tried to consume us you know <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah it's not, not that bad obviously it's just like it's just it's um yeah it does it does give you an extra like connecting that you you take these things with you as you grow older you know 
Yeah, and I think uh, before I finally remembered where I wanted to go about the show. Uh, but one last point. Hopefully, I don't forget where I wanted to go with the show as I make this point. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, as somebody who I think this is something that we also talked about when we got together, Jordan is um, I'm a Christian, so um, I think something that makes shows like this or, or you know your possession shows or shows about like hauntings and demons and blah 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 like it kind of makes them a, just a little bit scarier for me because like as somebody who believes in god like you can't i, I don't want to like take this episode down a religious road so i don't like you know, I'm not trying to do that at all by any means, but like message Ray and fact check you and see if you're <laughs> a Christian. <laughs> I'm about to get canceled on my own podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but um, like as a Christian, as someone who believes in God, um, like you can't believe in God and not believe in the other side. Right. So when you get into hauntings and demonic stuff and like possession type horror movies or shows, like it just kind of makes it a little more scary to me, you know. Um, <clears throat> but with that being said, uh, very awkward transition here into um, what, like the the ending scene of the final episode here. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys recall because I don't know when the last time you've seen the last episode of of the season, but it ends with you know, Steve and and his wife, who I don't remember her name, uh, like, apparently, like, happily together again, and she's pregnant. Uh, Shirley appears to have uh, told told her husband about the, the thing that happened at her conference, and they seem to have, like, made up. Um, you have Luke celebrating his two years of sobriety. Um, And then Theo is there with her girlfriend, apparently like, you know, in a relationship and happy. So it it, it looks and comes across as everyone got their happy ending. Right. Um, But one thing that I, I didn't notice in my original watch through, but saw in, in my research is in all the stories of, that final episode, whenever the characters are in their red room, like horror experience, there's red, like they're, they're wearing red or uh, like Luke's shoes were red. Um, Steve's shirt in the beginning of that episode is red. Uh, Like something in the room is red. I think in Theo's scene, her girlfriend is wearing red. If you could call that wearing any, thing really uh (laughs) but back to the point um in that final scene when everything seems so happy the the center of the shot is luke's cake and what color frosting do they use red red so like did they actually make it out like are they actually happy did all of their storylines like work out or are they still stuck in the red room yeah, I only saw the connection with um, 
the cake. I didn't notice all the other connections with the red stuff, but that definitely would explain the blissfulness of their endings as if they are all just back in the red room. And even that last shot, they're just in kind of like a square room. It definitely looks like whoever's house that is, but it could just be the red room. Yeah, that's the thing is like, it's, uh, it looks like it's Steve's house from the beginning of that episode. And the beginning of that episode starts out with him in his terrifying red room experience. Right. So I don't know. Just, it just seemed like they put so much emphasis on the cake. Yeah. That like, I don't know. It kind of had that very inception like ending. Right. I mean, it might've been the final like clue. They just want to nudge you toward and be like, Hey, it isn't as nice as it seems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is like, everything worked out swimmingly apparently right like too well the only thing i can think of is you know when when hugh gives his life for the kids freedom and you see olivia crane staring at the kids as they walk away she doesn't look like she's happy like she's getting like she's not getting what she wants you know um yeah that's the only thing i would say that that would make me believe that they did get away and they are no longer in it you know, but, but that is, um, you know, the red cake. I never noticed that the red frosting. Yeah. I mean, well, like the bulk of it is brown, but it's an but interesting it was red secondary color that they used. I mean, I right. Wonder, I wonder um, if there's some way that like last, you know, uh, set of scenes, if there's somehow like, they didn't make it out like none of them made it out of the house but what i did see was in fact because where they were saying how uh luke was never revived and maybe like he legit you know became part of the house or whatever mm-hmm. or if, if that could also be true for the rest of them yeah yeah i don't know they definitely kind of leave it up in the air if you you know, look into it enough and they probably won't revisit it yeah no and you know honestly it was like one of like for the in for the ending there and it has nothing to do with the cranes but when mr dudley ran mrs dudley in there to die that was like heartbreaking for me (laughs) yeah i I don't know if you guys felt that way but like for some reason that was like probably one of the saddest parts of that whole series for me yeah it was uh those characters were uh they were good characters i liked the dudleys they were, yeah. Um, just and having whole... good. Sorry, no, you go ahead, finish your point. No, I was just saying, just the, the the fact that you know how you know Olivia you know took Abigail into the house to you know be consumed by it too. It's just like they're like Mrs. Dudley was religious, right? She believed in heaven mm-hmm. and hell, the villainy of virtue, you know, and but because her daughter was caught within that building she wanted to stay there with her she you know her her beliefs became an afterthought so it's just like i don't know something very sad about that yeah and uh i actually there's one uh one really small scene uh with mrs dudley and live in the room with all the creepy statues where uh just for a brief second like i must have like just 
really been paying attention, but there's one brief little second where she's standing in front of a statue that has wings on it, like in the perfect position where you don't see the statue, you just see the wings, right? Like right where they would be on an angel or like a person, you know, with wings, I guess. Uh, And I like looked at Beck and I was like, ah, that's very symbolic of, of that character and like kind of the role she is playing with the crane family. Right. Cause she's, yeah, she's very protective and like trying to like, yeah, exactly. Be their guide. Right. And I don't know if that was intentional or if I'm just like looking into things a little too much, but I thought it was like really cool where there's just like a couple seconds where she's standing and she has like the angel wings. And it was really, it was like right before her, heart to heart with Liv about like what the house does. Right. So it's yeah. even like really symbolic in that scene alone. <clears throat> I've watched the series like three times and you guys are making me be like, wow. Yeah. I never noticed that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I've been told I, I look into things a little too much <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did just literally slam it in almost two days, like right before we recorded this. So. Oh, that's true. So don't feel bad. <laughs> it's all really fresh. <laughs> yeah, I watched like an hour recap and it didn't do it at all justice. I was just like, I just need to rewatch the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because the recap was just reminding me of how great it was. I think it's one of those shows too, though. Like, um, there would be value in rewatching it because yeah. knowing the outcome, like, uh, again, our, our, uh, episodic reference to mr robot um here's another um similar to that story where the outcome is kind of not really what you expected the show to be about i I kind of get the same vibe with hill house like yeah it's a scary ghost show but kind of it's deeper than that and there's kind of an underlying meaning that you kind of get and after watching mr robot like and how that show ended uh, I immediately rewatched the entire series again and everything like had, yeah, exactly. It, it presented itself differently because you understand the meaning behind like all of the scenes, like there's something more than what's at face value. And that's like really what the show's about. So I, I get this, a similar feeling to uh Hill house where I could probably watch through the, the season again and come away with a totally different experience. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the appeal of the, the non-linear linear storytelling um, because it has that replayability to it because everything has a different meaning. Your mind is just in a different place the first time through because you are unable to piece together the linear story. So then the second time through you have that bit, that experience coupled with knowing how it ends. So then it, it, you're basically rewatching it with a completely different tint or a different, you know, set of eyes to it. Yeah, for sure. And it lets you pick up on all the other cool details that they pack into the show. That's always a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently there's a lot, so it would be fun to like be on the lookout for those things. Yeah. yeah and, um, you know, Kelly and I, we were just going through the, um, you know, this rewatch of it. And we noticed, you know, when, did you, I don't know if you, did you guys pick up when Theo actually kind of got her extra sensitivity powers? 
not like when she got it, but like I kind of after it was revealed that she was quote unquote sensitive, like all of her passing comments about like always being cold and yeah. stuff, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But what when did when was the moment that like she actually Got like, it. Even before this, you know, uh, Olivia mentions that she's always been sensitive, you know, to the uh, whatever you know, spiritual realm or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And they all kind of show different versions of that. I mean, heck, even Nell being able to see herself, you know, but um, mm-hmm. there's an episode, I think it's like the second or third episode where um, Theo's sleeping. It's Theo's episode. Uh, so it might be second episode. Anyway, she's sleeping and uh arm or someone like a, like a spear comes and lays oh, in bed yeah, with her yeah, yeah. and reaches around her and squeezes her hand super hard and mm-hmm. she's like oh you're squeezing my hand so hard you know and then it was at that moment that whatever supernatural um you know there was an entity that transferred some supernatural powers into her hands in particular and that from that point on she was able to touch things and and uh you know see things based on that mr smiley yeah that's interesting because um, I was wondering, like, in in her red room scene with uh, her girlfriend, and she like kisses her shoulder. I'm like, how does that not have like give her a vision or whatever? I mean, technically yeah. in that scene, she says she can't feel anything, but like, I, I've always wondered, like, why is it just the gloves and the hands? But now you say that because like the ghost like squeezed her hand. That makes total sense. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I didn't pick that up till like this time, which is like the third time watching it. You know, so yeah. it's like what you guys are saying when you the non the non linear story just just reveals so much to you. And and also it's it has to be like a a mild um, you know uh, nod to Rogue from X Men. You know, uh, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, speaking of Mr. Smiley, though, uh, second best yeah. jump scare, I believe, would be <laughs> Mr. Smiley at the foot of the bed. <laughs> that was horrific. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, it's funny because y- you know that 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 was a manifestation of what the kid gave her to think about, you know? So yeah. It wasn't like an actual ghost. It's just like it's, it's what I love about the show is it is it shows you ghosts whether they're you know from trauma or an actual ghost or your uh, imaginary friend you know there's tons of different things that haunt you right right or even like a um you know the guilt that shirley has you know i believe she sees the the the, um the guy she had a one-night stand with early on in season you know then we learn about him later yeah um yeah i always wondered like when that was going to come into play so that payoff was pretty cool um yeah, that the Mister Smiley story. How tragic! Like that's just. <laughs> well, just it's it, terrible. That was the craziest thing about the recap for me was that I forgot how many, even like details to like each character they were able to bake into that show. Whether it was Steve, um, you know, the first episode, he's kind of like a, you know, he's a he's a writer of this stuff, so he visits that one lady where they have the whole story of the car lights and the water dripping on her and she sees her dead husband. And, you know, there's that, which is kind of non sequential to the whole story, but they break off and they, they cover that because it, it, it's part of his character. And the same thing with her when, you know, she goes and she's further investigates that case. Cause she's a counselor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like there's a lot of detail just poured into those side arcs or just detail to support these characters. Yeah. And that was Uh, just alone, you know, a very intense little side story there. Yeah. How many, like how many, like uh, Mike, you know, I talked about this before too. Um, You know, how many TV shows can you watch where literally every character is not like it, like compelling, I guess, but just not boring. Right. Yeah. Not many. Yeah, the show did it, of course. They're, they're, yeah. Everyone's great. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed uh, like the casting, too. Like I, pick, I think they picked uh, really great people to play these characters. Um, in particular, I really liked... Uh, I mean, I already said I loved young Luke, but like old Luke, I, I found his performance really, really uh, like captivating. Um, you know, Nell was great. Young Hugh was great. I wasn't really like a huge fan of old Hugh, but like I understand that like his character, like why he was the way he was. But yeah, he just sucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that I was going to talk about earlier, you know, before the black mold infected my brain, um, was Abigail, and you know the Dudley's daughter. The entire time, uh, after Mr. Dudley's story to Hugh in the basement about the house and them losing their daughter, like I'm thinking Abigail is that daughter, right? Because they talk about, yeah. you know, one of their, they, I don't think they said one of their daughter, they said their daughter died, right? Yes, that was her. That was her. What, Ab- Abigail, okay, I'm missing what you're saying. Abigail was the, it was, was a Dudley. That that that's their daughter. Yes. It's caught in the house, yes. Yeah, but like he tells young Hugh the story about them losing a daughter. So I'm thinking oh. Abigail is the dead daughter, right? So like all the references that young Luke is making to this Abigail character, I'm thinking he's seeing like another ghost, right? So the whole scene yes. in the red room where like Abigail like actually dies, I'm like, oh, I just thought she was a ghost that everyone could see because those three characters in the red room like see ghosts and crap. <laughs> and the, the the Dudley guy was talking about how their daughter died. And then I was like, this is so sad. <laughs> like, their yeah. second daughter died and is dead now. That's terrible. Yeah, sorry, I, I missed what you were saying at first. Yeah, completely. And, you know, uh, you know, one thing to expand on the character of Abigail Um Talk about a terrifying character, both alive and dead. <laughs> She's just so yeah. looking. Uh, great haircut. I think that really seals the deal. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know it was possible to give girls bowl cuts, but apparently it's a thing. Oh, yeah. They've done um, it. But also, again, might be looking into this like way too too much. But going back to the earlier point about Hugh and the interrogation scene with the the cop and the cop mentioning a second body. Um, Do you think that maybe there's like that bending of time again, that maybe Mr. Dudley when talking about the daughter that died was actually talking about Abigail, but like, well, 
No, because when he was telling Hugh about Abigail, it was young Hugh, not old Hugh. Yes. So he would have been telling Hugh that before the Red Room tea party. But uh, see, I'm like confusing. So I'm like way looking into this way more than I should be. But maybe there's another creepy uh, Twilight Zone time bending like him kind of predicting the future type thing. I'm but definitely going to have to so. go back and look at what you're saying for sure. Because I mean, there's the def- there's definitely something something strange there. Yeah. Yeah. It, the main takeaway, it really threw me for a loop because I thought she was already dead. <laughs> so <laughs> I, my heart just sank when I was like, Oh God, I just watched a kid die again <laughs> or a second kid i don't know it's just all sad um but yeah i don't know love the show i think the the takeaway from this episode from the three of us is if you haven't seen the show you probably should oh yeah i i tell everyone um about it <laughs> it's kind of kind of terrifying but i i do tell people to watch it a lot yeah um yeah i don't know i i think i've kind of touched on all the things that you know popped up in my head as I was running th- or watching through the series and and uh, you know some of the things that questions and whatnot that came up uh, you know a day or two after finally finishing it and having a moment to kind of soak the whole experience in uh, I don't know do either of you guys have any other um, points or opinions or thoughts or theories about the show i don't think i mean i think we i mean the big one that was kind of lingering there for a bit was the ending and you know the implications that that has as far as how you can interpret that because that was the biggest thing um that i came away with from you know the research was just that whole situation and how that just really changes the ending to where at first you're just like, oh, this is some blissful end, but maybe it's not, and it's a bit more insidious than that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and I, that was the big, I, that was the biggest thing, you know, that kind of clicked it for me because there was a bunch of different, you know, theories about it, and you know, some go- obviously good, most kind of like bad, but that was definitely the coolest thing that I wanted to touch on, just because. You're exactly right. It's it's no matter like how you watch the ending you don't ever feel secure because the house completely manipulates you (laughs) yeah nothing nothing you know a big portion of the earlier episodes were not real when it came to like the tree house you know the red room basically you know there was all kind of they're all kind of delusional in their really shared experience i really loved that moment between uh steve and old hugh um I think it was when they were driving to Hill House after Luke stole Shirley's car and credit card and whatnot. And uh, he was like, what What tree house? Like, there's no yeah. tree house. Do you think I had time to build a tree house? We were there for like two months. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> He's like, I know you're lying. Or, you know, he's like, I know you've seen ghosts because of the shit you say and the, what you wrote about in your book. He's like, do you think I hired a guy to repair the clock? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, how like, many how many like, ghosts oh, have you seen in your life without knowing it, right? Huh, true. That's a that's a spooky real life question right there. Exactly. 
Yeah. But um yeah, I think this is it's a great great show to watch and in and, and an even more fun show to talk about, that's for sure. So um do you guys have any I mean I know it's an anthology series, so season two or season one of Blind Manor, however you want to refer to it as. Um do you guys have any thoughts or expectations from from the next season coming up i haven't seen any trailers or anything so i literally will be going into this blind but uh have you guys like looked into season two at all story-wise nope i watched the trailer i couldn't help myself <laughs> nice. is it good it, it, it actually the first time i watched the trailer i wasn't that um impressed with it and um, it might have been a different. It might have been just a teaser, and then I saw a full trailer. But it looks it looks good, and uh, you know, it's one of the, one of the scariest things for me is um, you know, uh, it's cliche, but one of the scariest things for me and like uh, creepiness is like antique dolls, and it, <laughs> and and the, and there's an antique doll in it, you know. Yikes! To my surprise, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I really hope it lives up to the first season. Sometimes uh, shows or sequels, whatever, um, sometimes they fall short. But uh, in all honesty, it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough to really execute on the level that season one did. But, you know, you got a couple of the same actors returning. You have the, the showrunner returning. Though uh, I forget the the guy who directed uh, most of the episodes of season one, but I I did read that he's on for season two, but didn't direct any of the episodes. So that should be interesting. I wonder if that'll really uh, like come into play stylistically or you know, story wise or anything like that. Well, here's hoping it does, right? Yeah, let me see if I can find his name real quick. Uh, I come so prepared. Jordan, just to confirm, because you watched the trailer, none of the characters are reused, right? Just the actors? Correct. Okay. To the best of... I mean, they, they look nothing like they they did in the previous season, I can tell you that. Okay, nice. Um, just because I think... Both, I think when I knew there was a second season coming out, but I wasn't completely um, aware of the anthology portion, I thought maybe that, like, Steven you know, was up to something because he was kind of that investigator or writer. So, oh, yeah, but that's definitely, I think a weaker thing to carry. Cause, um, I don't, you know, you don't want to tie anything back to this season, you know, exactly. It's yeah. Packaged. It looks like we were saying earlier on, let it just stand on its own. Right. They're like season two, they find out that Luke's a time traveling, a sad, <laughs> <laughs> He actually, <laughs> actually all did end up in the red room, except he now is using the power of the house to, yeah, against <laughs> other people. He he is he is the house. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the big plot twist. Yeah, you're all Harness actually inside power. Luke. <laughs> Harness the power of the house into a syringe, and he's now injecting the power into his veins, and use yeah. it to be rich. <laughs> So uh, Mike Flanagan is the guy I was thinking of, the director and uh, creator of the show. Um, he'll be on for season two, but not directing any episodes. 
But yeah, so I, I don't know. I think uh, it's probably a good time to wrap it up. Thank you, Jordan, for you know coming and hanging out and chatting with us and getting spooky. Thanks for having me. It's, I mean, I, I knew it'd be a lot of fun, and it was even more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah, can't wait until we uh, dig into your your true level of expertise and your your true realm uh, of superheroes and comics and stuff like that. So we'll definitely have to have you back on for a future episode or two or many as many as you'll come on. <laughs> no, sounds good. It'd be fun. Yeah, especially the super. It's you know. I, no one really wants to talk about superheroes a whole lot. So I'm happy to sit down when people are forced to, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. Make sure you, you follow us on the social medias at showboys podcast and, um, like, and subscribe and rate and follow and comment on, you know, all the applicable platforms and thanks for listening. Oh, Jordan, we do have this tradition. Uh, before we end, you got to say goodbye to Craig. So, goodbye, Craig. Goodbye, Craig. Goodbye, Craig. You know, Craig is the house. Dude, Craig, Craig really is our house. So um, if you guys ever do another like like what's uh, you know playing or whatever for video games, you have to do um, uh, phasmophobia, and let me know if you do it, and I'll play with you guys when you do it. That just sounds like something that will get you canceled in 2020. <laughs> it does. <laughs>